will fix you. Hello, and welcome to We Will Fix You. We have this week as the springtime sap is rising, a mild quarrisy crisis. It's not constitutional, I, I wouldn't fret. But Ms. Boyce has been called away at short notice to adjust the wits and porpoise. It is, according to the missive from the undersecretary, all out of whack and a bit dribbly. While she's gone to fix it, we've been asked to wait in the haunted grain silo out back. It's, it's not ideal, but we do what we can. In her stead, of course, we have a guest, Ms. Clary Maguire. I'm Clary Maguire, and I am not Sophocles. Hello. We also have Mr. Dave Congrey, inventor of the Fleshlight for Dogs. Yeah, they seem to like it. And I, as ever, am Roger Hart, treasurer of the Involuntary Bioluminescence Support Network. If you glow, you know where to go. We have, we have a question about art today, and if you yourself are vexed by questions, artistic or otherwise, you can write to us at wewillfixyoushow at gmail.com for a spot of the old fixin'. Today's question. A question? Yes, I will put it into human tongue. Our questioner writes. I am one of those dissatisfied artists who thinks they're not producing enough work and will be dead before long without having made enough art. Full-time employment and keeping life going takes up a lot of time and energy, but sometimes all of it for a stretch. I can do an art sporadically, and that's wonderful, but often has a big extra time and energy cost that isn't sustainable. It doesn't feel like it can happen in an ordinary week, yet people around me seem to manage to consistently produce things without up and dying. How do you fit art into life regularly and comfortably, rather than jamming great spiky chunks of it in there painfully? Relatedly, how do you manage your notion of what is enough art? Am I after some kind of art fibre? Is that it? How do I make my art regular? Mm. How to get your creative roughage. It's a tricky one. So, um... I don't know, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about how great artists, or even indifferent artists through history, various creators, managed to, you know, get shit done. People often seem to be terribly prolific. Byron, Marlowe, I don't know, the Bloomsbury group. How did, how did they get all that stuff done? Cocaine. Every single one. Quite a lot of cocaine. Also, servants. Just being really rich. You think about, kind of, historically great artists, or even just famous ones that aren't particularly prolific people, will just have had other people sorting their shit out. It's kind of, you know... It's a bit like when we, when we covered life hacks and thinking about Silicon Valley wankers and you realise that the reason they get so much done is because they have PAs. There's really no ducking that. So how do you, how do you sort that out for yourself? And it occurred to me that actually, it, it presupposing, dear questioner, that you are not horrifyingly wealthy, um, and therefore cannot retain a butler. You could you could farm out bits of life admin to sort of services. You can there are things like you know, horrible poisonous nonsenses like TaskRabbit, or there are less broken things. You can get stuff done for you by people. But it, it something sort of went ping in my head when I when I realised the um, the potential of remote working. This this is this is how I think you could make a bit more time for art in your life. You need to find someone who looks a lot like you, some kind of hideous doppelganger. Or, or just a new job. It doesn't, if you're trying to whip this into your old one, you'll, you'll need a doppelganger, if not you won't. And a flexible working policy. And basically what you do is you agree to come into the office two days a week and do the rest from home. And for those two days, you 
hire an inexpensive actor to go and be you in the office. It doesn't really matter if they fuck it up, because you can fix it, like, afterwards, remote working. And that'll basically buy you a couple of days to do your art. I, I think this is pretty flawless. And it's just basically not a problem, right? Just manufacture some time by hiring a bored actor. Job done. What I thought was far more interesting was this idea of what enough art is. Because this, this seems to be key to the problem, which is that you feel like you're not producing enough art. You've got some kind of standard that you're measuring yourself against, but you're perhaps not entirely sure what is what is correct. And you know, a bit like not really knowing when you're hungry, or not really knowing when to stop. Uh, there was an interesting study with some amnesiac patients, this was, this was a few years ago, and, um, and food responses. Uh, not necessarily being able to sort of calibrate relative fullness because of, um, it was something to do with uh, accumulated memories. Point being, I think you've, um, you've lost your sort of anchoring. Artistically, you don't know when you're full. Now, this, this, is, this is hugely simplified, but fullness is, um, has a few components. One of them is uh, leptin and ghrelin response. And those are hormones that affect feelings of hunger and satiation. So when the stomach is empty, um, ghrelin is secreted, and um, when it stretches or is more full, uh, leptin is, is secreted. They, they are received as, neurologically, as sort of, with a sense of, of hunger and wanting to eat more and more immediately, or with a sense of satiation and fullness. Um, they, they die down quite quickly as well. They give quite a, a zingy, snappy response. And there's a really interesting um, paper uh, in the Journal of Health Psychology, I think, 2011, called Mind Over Milkshakes, um, about measuring ghrelin response after psychological priming. So what the study did was it got some people to uh, look at the packaging for a milkshake, which um, was something like 300 calories. And one group were told that it was a massive indulgent milkshake at about 600 calories, and the other were told that it was like a slimming aid or some sort of diet he wanted about 150, and in practice it was actually in the middle. The groups consumed it and then had their ghrelin response measured afterwards. And in the group that was psychologically primed to think they were having a more indulgent experience for, for exactly the same quantity of food, the ghrelin response died down much more steeply, which is to say that you can actually sort of a bit hack your responses. And I got to thinking about that, and I also got to thinking about other forms of, of satiation, particularly, for example, sexual satiation, where you've got similar kind of hormone responses at work, um, oxytocin and uh, vasopressin. Don't do it at work. We'll get to that. Um, and, you know, basically, in, in sort of desire or arousal states, you, uh, you get a build-up of um, oxytocin, vasopressin afterwards. They're kind of tied up in satiation. It's much more complicated. Sexual response hormones, are they're all over the shop. It's... it's it's a soupy broth. Um, but the, the, my, my, my point here is, what I think you need to do is accustom yourself, kind of a Pavlovian type response, accustom yourself to a feeling of fullness, of having had enough art, by making it immediate with more physical sensations like sexual satiation or, or hunger response. So whenever you, um, you think you've made a piece of art that is enough, whenever you think you've done a really good art, I want you to have a wank and eat a biscuit. Um, and you need to keep doing this. You need to keep doing this until instinctually you have primed yourself to know that when you've reached, you know, you've shot your art load, you, um, you, you kind of, you feel satiated and done. Can you eat the biscuit and then have a wank? Because otherwise you've got to wash your hands. Well, it could all go a bit boarding school. Would there be online multiplayer? You know, I, I think it's really pretty simple. Quick hand shandy and a hobnob. Sorted. So... We are, I would hope, all familiar with the basic tenet of modern psychology and self-help. 
that feelings in themselves separate from action are never wrong. Your feelings, however, are wrong. You're never going to substantially change the amount of sustainable art. This situation is analogous to the middle-aged lady who puts off doing things with her life until she's able to lose that half a stone and squeeze into her perfect dress and similar to the lady in that situation the only real answer is massive quantities of prescription amphetamines however while that would be my primary advice for your problem that could take a while to sort out you'll have to buy a burner mobile phone find some sympathetic doctors with or vets or vets really any kind of medical professional with bills to pay in the meantime you might try adjusting your feelings trying to change how you feel about the art there's several things you could do really you need to start by identifying what the experience of making art does for you are you mainly in it for just the praise for having the world look at you and tell you you are a very very clever boy slash girl are you in it for the sheer joy of creation are you in it because you just like having lots of stuff whether that's words pictures etc and your tastes are not being catered for by existing artists if the first is the case then you could get the same rush you could get the same praise not self-affirmation because you're foolishly relying on other humans who will always turn on you you could achieve that same rush by faking your own death buying one of those really really cool microphone headset things with a big dish on the side dressing either in standard morning gear and hoping you'll blend into a cemetery situation or you could go for the full camo kit maybe one of those heat blankets between your skin and the overalls just in case someone's got a thermal imaging camera on which if you've pulled this before which i'm certain you have they probably will uh mainly for that i won't go into the details of how you'd achieve that you can utilize a lot of the advice my colleague gave for the work doppelganger plan to the fake your own death plan you just have to hire an actor who nobody really cares about or will miss and let's be fair that's not a difficult task if however you conclude that the thing you seek is the sheer joy of the act of creation and maybe the element of risk that comes with putting yourself out in front of people you could try having lots of unprotected sex in a park that has the added benefit of taking a lot less time than most artwork and 
if you're doing it year round, building a healthy town and a thick layer of calluses that will serve you well in other areas of your life. Thirdly, if you really just have realised that your tastes are not being catered for by other artists and you wish to produce items that relate to you and your experience, there are plenty of services such as Mechanical Turk, PeoplePerHour.com, etc., where poor, desperate people who no one will really miss can be hired for as little as pennies an hour. Though, if you have already murdered a struggling actor as part of a failed attempt to fake your own death and observe the funeral from the bushes, you may struggle to source these people without using a pseudonym. But, my point, there are options. There are different paths you can take that don't involve fraudulent milkshakes or doing terrible things to pastry. Mr. Connery, what have you got? I now feel that my approach is fundamentally naive because I assumed when this question was asked that it was about the pure joy of creation and not about cheap fulfilment and murdering a series of increasingly poorer actors. I'm going to progress nonetheless on the off chance that our questioner is a pure and innocent soul. It has been, no. You want to do an art. What sort of art do you want to do? Do you want to do a long-form art? It's very hard. It requires a lot of time and effort. I myself do a long-form art by writing in the morning before I have to go to work. I don't get a lot done, but I get a little done every day and it feels like progress. So there's that. It's easier to, it's easier to find time that you can put aside. Um, find time that you will always reliably have. For me, that is first thing in the morning because in the evening it's far too easy to just find myself going out or getting caught up watching something, um, staying too late at work and finding myself too tired to do anything. So first thing in the morning with a large slug of coffee, that's the time, that's the magic hour for doing the thing that just needs to be done. That on its own though, given that it's probably not going to be halfway finished for another couple of years uh, is not enough to scratch that itch. So I find that the artificially imposed deadlines of working on things with other people, say for example, create a series of podcasts that go out every Monday morning. The look on his little face when he edits them to a deadline. It makes me happy to be alive. It helps. Deadlines work. You mentioned deadlines and deadlines do work. They're virtually impossible to enforce on yourself when there's no uh, th- there's no downside. If you miss them, you miss them and you just feel bad about yourself and gradually the thing disappears. If other people rely on you, then it's much easier to keep to those deadlines. Find things, small things that you can do collaboratively. If the podcast goes out on a Tuesday, I beat him with a broom handle. And that brings me to my third thing. Build anti-broom handle armor. About a 46 inch chest. Or, failing that, do a series of tiny things whenever the mood takes you, even if it means putting something else aside. I, myself, make a series of crude Photoshop drawings, for the most part dedicated to mocking Roger for all of the things that he says and does, because that brings me the thrill of creation and, frankly, moral opprobrium um, when he looks very, very sad. It's, It's... 
a sense of, of transgression and completeness that I find incredibly rewarding. So that would be my, my three-pronged approach for getting things done. Put time aside in the mornings, do things with other people so that you can't skip deadlines, be a shit to Roger. The system works. There is another option. Go pro until you grow to loathe the very act of creation. A bold blend of fixings this evening. And I think all fundamentally compatible. There are little tools for productivity. There's ample opportunity for baked goods and masturbation. Who doesn't love that? Now, as you go scuttling into the night, clutching a packet of bourbon biscuits with a spring in your step, think of us alone in the grain silo as night draws in and the ghasts rise from the creaking floorboards. Think of us in the dark.